It's time for Love Talk with your hosts, Kathy and Carrie. Hello, friends, and Merry Christmas. You have found Love Talk and the Love Ladies. I am Coach Carrie Brinkader, and I am in studio with my beautiful co-host, Kathy Inderbrock. How, how, Merry Christmas, Kathy. Merry Christmas, Coach <laughs> Carrie. Merry Christmas, friends. We are excited just to be with you this Christmas morning. Uh, just uh, spending time with you. Don't know uh, what you're doing if you are traveling in your car somewhere, getting ready to go and join family, or if you're sitting at home because you're uh, you kind of finished with the Christmas morning activities, or maybe the kids aren't up yet, or maybe Coach Carrie, like has happened to you, your Christmas plans have gotten completely dashed. Mm-hmm. And you're doing your Christmas is looking a little bit different this year. Whatever it is, friends, we are right. just thrilled to be with you this Christmas morning. And we are coming to you from our beautiful studios, KTXW, The Bridge, Austin, Central Texas Christian Talk. And we are building bridges of love and leadership. You know, Kathy, I think about Christmas morning and It's just so happy for me, and I know a lot of folks out there, even some of you that are listening, today might not be a happy day because maybe you're not able to be with family, but when we keep our eyes on the real reason for Christmas, Kathy, that brings us joy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a Savior was born, and this is the day we celebrate that, Um, and that's the real reason for this season, just like Charlie Brown was getting frustrated in the Charlie Brown, you know, the the Christmas movie, Kathy. Yeah, He was frustrated because people didn't know the real reason for this season, and I pray that we will keep that in mind today. On Christmas morning, we have traditions. Kath, as I'm sure you do, we make these tiny little cinnamon rolls. They're tiny. And we put all kinds of cinnamon sugar and pecans on them. They're the best. Texas pecans, though, right? Oh, of course. Of course. course. Okay. Making Um, sure. They are the best. And then we make sausage balls. And we have all of those made on Christmas Eve night. And so I just pull them out of the refrigerator on Christmas morning and put them in the oven. And then we stuff our faces while we open packages <laughs> and um you know it's just we stay in our jammies and sip coffee and it's just a time to breathe and relax and uh yeah this christmas looks a little different my kid had surgery 3 days ago and so on his knee and my kid my son had surgery 3 days ago on his knee so Do you still call him baby giant cuz yes. he's not a baby anymore <laughs> but he's definitely a giant <laughs> We do still call him Baby Giant. Um, so yes, our my six five son had knee surgery, so he's laid up right now. He can't put any weight on that leg right now, so he's in this motion machine that keeps his leg moving for him. Um, so Christmas morning looks a little bit different for us, but that's okay. What about you, Kathy? You guys have Christmas morning traditions? We do. You know, the the girls just uh, go run and get their stockings. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. the, the stockings are hung and they're mm-hmm. all empty. And so the Christmas morning, they run and get their stockings and they come and jump on our bed and all sit on our bed. And it wasn't such a problem when they were two and four and six <laughs> years old, but now that they are 17, 19, and almost 21 oh years stars. old, cannot believe that, they take up the entire bed. <laughs> and so, but they just get a little more cozy. Yeah, it is. And it's just a ton of fun. And so we do, everyone opens, a, you know, kind of pours out their stockings and there's Little gifts in there, and there's always an orange because that's how Eric was brought up. There was always a little orange in his stocking, and so we just have fun opening that. And uh, then we they go and get Eric and I a cup of coffee, and because if we're going to get out of that bed, we need coffee. <laughs> so they go make us a cup of coffee, and then we slowly get out of bed. And um, so this year, um, Eric's parents are coming over. They'll be here about 11 o'clock, so just about when this program ends. And um, and we have, for Christmas breakfast, we have more of a, a, I guess, a Jewish breakfast. It's we have lox and bagels. So What is a lox? Um, lox is a, it's like a, um, a salmon that has yeah. been like smoked, but not dry smoked. It's like a very, it's just a, it's a nice, um, texture. The texture is just, is a really nice, lovely texture and the flavor is fantastic. And you have it 
So we get your the bagels, you toast them nicely, put a really thin layer of cream cheese, and then you put thinly sliced purple onion and some capers, and you put your locks, you sprinkle on. I put um, salt, pepper, and garlic, and maybe a little bit of fresh cracked pepper, and then you can put tomatoes on top. I I love tomatoes on top. My husband is not. And, um, <laughs> House divided. Yes. So you guys have a very savory Christmas morning yeah. breakfast. Mm-hmm. Okay. What a great tradition. It I love fun. that. Yeah. I love that so much. You know, we... Um, We're just so grateful that you are joining us today, friends. And we have wrapped up this holiday season with a small series on prayer. We began with a wonderful discussion with your very own personal prayer coach, Kathy Endebrock, and her new book, My Voice, His Heart. How's that going, Kathy? Tell our listeners about that. It's fun. So Barnes & Noble at Round Rock. So they have uh, some copies there of the book that you can go and get and they did not arrive in time for me to sign, so I'm so oh, sorry. Darn. They're unsigned, but friends, if you go and get one and you want me to sign it, give me a call at 512-644-7972, and um, I'll make arrangements with you to make sure that I get that copy of yours signed. And if Barnes & Noble is sold out, um, you can call me, and we can arrange to get you a signed copy. I, I think they're only putting four on their shelves and so they're going to try and keep those replenished but um when i was chatting with them they had their warehouse manager just up and leave oh so, no yes he was like oh i don't know if he got a better job they don't know he was like yep okay i'm done here so all of their orders and everything are on back order so unfortunately those books did not get there in time for me to get down and sign them but it's going well i've been talking with some churches in San Antonio and looking forward to talking with some churches in Georgetown and up in Boise about um, doing the spring Bible study for their ladies. Awesome. It'll be a fun. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. My voice, his heart, friends. This book is insightful. It's deep. It's rich. It will bless your soul and help you deepen your prayer life. I would highly encourage that you go and check it out. Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, my voice, his heart heart. And then um, through Thanksgiving and the month of December, Kathy, we have looked at uh, the book of Luke and we were preparing for the birth of our Savior. So what we did was we kind of went through those verses and we realized there was so much prayer going on right before Jesus was born. And then, of course, right after Jesus is born. And we looked at the road of Zechariah and Mary, Simeon and the shepherds. Each of these people were so instrumental in the life of Jesus. And today, we will discuss how to recognize Jesus as we look at three small little verses there in Luke 2 that will challenge us to be ready to recognize Jesus. Anna was the only female prophet mentioned in the New Testament, and she was ready to recognize her Savior. I love this about Anna. I love that we see um, God bringing forward this woman, this elderly woman. And, you know, we looked at Simeon last week and we got to see God, you know, just bring forward this man who had just been anticipating and waiting for the birth of Christ. And this week we're looking at Anna, another a, a female, they call her a prophetess, the only prophetess that's named in the New Testament, so we're going to learn about her. And friends, I want to tell you, if you're if you're at home this morning, go and grab your Bible. If you're driving, don't go grab your Bible. <laughs> Just keep both hands on the wheel. Mm. Don't you know? Don't pull it up on your phone or anything like that. But if you're at home, go grab your Bible and turn to the book of Luke. That's in your New Testament. And if you go through your New Testament, there's Matthew, Mark, and then Luke. And the first two chapters of Luke contain what is known as the Christmas story. And so it gives um, the brief, brief, brief background, beginning with Zechariah and the birth of John the Baptist, and um, immediately gets into uh, Christ and uh, the birth of Christ. And so you're going to want to go and read through that with us. And you'll be able to see these five prayers that we're wrapping up today that we've been going through since that last week of November and then beginning the first week of December into this Advent season, looking at all of these prayers. Christmas truly is a time of prayer. It should be filled with prayer. And so, friends, we just ask you this morning... 
um, what are you praying for? What's Mm -hmm. on your heart? Mm -hmm. How are you connecting to God? And if there is any time to start praying, it's at Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, praying in the month of December will get you ready for the year that um, God has ahead for you. Mm. You know, the one of the last times Miss Evelyn was with us, Kathy, she had this acrostic, of course. She's so great yes. about her acrostics. And so I, I just want to go through that again. It was for the word pray, um, the P, praise. Praise your family's efforts. You know, Kathy, I, I don't know if I'm just appreciating things more lately um, and trying to just look, look for the good in everything. Because if we look for the bad, mm-hmm. we will certainly find it. Yes. Isn't that true? If we want to be negative, we will certainly find it. But Miss Evelyn, she's so always so good about bringing us back to center. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she said, praise your family's efforts. May not be exactly as you would have done it, but praise those efforts are repent. When you blow it, acknowledge it. (laughs) That's the best. That is the best approach. When you blow it, you just acknowledge it. You Mm -hmm. repent. And, you know, this is when we're going through this, this pray acrostic. One of the things that I love is that we saw this when we were looking at Mary, is that Mary's heart was the same in prayer mm. as it was as she walked out her life. Mm-hmm. And so, friends, I will tell you that as we really engage with prayer, as we praise and as we go to the Lord and praise him for who he is and what he has done, and we begin praising our family's efforts and we begin um, just bringing, lifting them up to God, it's amazing how that changes our perspective when they're standing in front of us face to face. 100%. 100%. Okay, so that's P for praise, R for repent. What is the A for, Carrie? Ask for forgiveness. And that goes with, you know, when you blow it, you know, and you've, you've maybe lost your temper or overreacted to something, you know, just ask for forgiveness, not only from the Lord, but from the person that you've, that you've hurt and maybe it's not that big of a deal but I tell you what even if it's not that big of a deal you know the times that I have gone to my kids and said hey y'all I I messed up wow Mm -hmm. you know I am so sorry I reacted or whatever my kids are like oh okay well I didn't think about it again mom but thanks you know (laughs) (laughs) um thank goodness they have short memories right uh and then the why yield yourself and your family to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, just give everything over to him. You know, with this surgery for Logan, we've just had to say, okay, Lord, we don't know what your plan is, but oh my, we, we, we wish that you would reveal that to us. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> we will continue to praise you through this and through everything that we go through. You know, Kathy, a really good friend of mine got pretty bad news um, last week. Uh, he's diagnosed with tongue cancer and I mean crazy news Mm. um and so he's diagnosed he goes to the doctor on a Monday and they go you know oh gosh we got to get you in tomorrow and have this biopsy and did it like everything moves at warp speed right and on Tuesday he goes to the surgery center on Tuesday morning and his wife told me that oh this just makes me tear up all morning he kept asking everyone if he knew if they knew knew Jesus. Wow, that's all he could think about. He's like, "Look, I got this. I got this thing going on, but you know what? Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? He's in there getting biopsied. He's got growth on his neck, and he's asking everyone, do they know Jesus? That's yielding your family to the Lord right there. Yeah, and that is just praising regardless of the situation." And so um, definitely want to keep him in our prayers for sure. There are definitely important questions to ask and more important questions to ask. You know, I think that's when we know Jesus and we know that joy and we know what he has for us. We know that relationship. We just we see the difference that uh, it makes. We see the peace that it brings. We see the hope that it gives. And we just want that for those around us. Mm -hmm. And friends, we're going to be talking about this today. We're going to be talking about our relationship with Christ. We're going to be talking about Anna the prophetess Mm. at age 
84 or 105. We're going to figure out <laughs> what that is all about. Right. Uh, and we're going to be talking about this final prayer in our Christmas story out of Luke chapter 2. Friends, you're going to want to stay with us for our Merry Christmas program. We'll be right back with you after a word from our sponsors. Stay with us. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk. And Merry Christmas. More importantly, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Um, just love being with you here on Love Talk on KTXW, the Bridge Austin, Central Texas Christian Talk. Friends, we are building bridges of love and leadership this Christmas morning. Thank you for being with us. We are talking about these five prayers of Christmas, this incredible series that we've been in all through this Advent season, and we are we we are wrapping it up with a woman. I love that. Oh, hey, yeah, yeah we are. Okay, girls. <laughs> hey, now, okay, for all the guys out there who just sat up a little bit more straight in their chairs or just said, hey, wait a minute, we did kick off the series with a man. We did. Okay, and usually when you kick off a, a, a series on prayer, for Christmas, you kick it off with Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 we, didn't. we didn't do that. No. Because in the uh, Christmas accounts in Luke chapter 1 and 2, the first prayer was actually from Zechariah. Yes. So we just went in order. And so God mentioned Zechariah first. So we did the same. And God wraps it up with Anna. And we did the same. So Carrie, I love the um, I love the key verse that you use to really anchor mm. this program. It's mm-hmm. out of Amos in the Old Testament because the Old Testament is just filled with prophecy mm-hmm. about the coming Messiah. And this is Amos chapter three seven, and it says, "Surely the Sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing His plans to His servants, the prophets." Mm-hmm. And so we get to hear from a prophetess today. We don't call her a prophetess. Luke calls her a prophetess. Right. So we're not slinging those uh, labels around lightly here, Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that prophetess is Anna. And we find her in Luke chapter 2, verses 36 through 38. Three short little verses. And this is what they say. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. Very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying, coming up to them at that very moment. This is talking about Joseph, Mary, and the baby Jesus. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Oh, my gosh. I have so many questions about this passage. Okay. <laughs> when um, when um, you first said, okay, Carrie, we're, we're going to do these five Five people and their prayers, and um, then we decided who, you know, who was going to write which program. You know, I I got Anna, and then I looked and I was like, it's three verses. How am I going to write a program about three verses? Well, let me tell you, this is chock full of great stuff, um, and I love this. The very first verse, there was a prophet Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. Why? I mean, why? Does it give us her lineage first? Why does it talk about that? Um, we're we're going to get there. Let's go back a little bit and let's look at the context of the scripture. And I um, got some of this information from a blog called Good Question. It's written by Reverend Christopher Smith, and he answers a lot of questions about scripture that you, you know, you, you kind of go, what, why, what? And and so he calls his blog Good Question, and I love that. Um, so he's, it was a wealth of information. So Luke and Mary, um, I'm sorry, in the book of Luke, um, Luke shows us that Mary and Joseph were going to the temple. And the custom was to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. And we know that Mary was performing the ceremony for purification after childbirth, as was described in the book of Leviticus. And there we read, A woman who gives birth to a son will be ceremonially unclean for seven days, and on the eighth day the boy is to be circumcised, and then the woman must wait 33 days to be purified. 
So, when the days of her purification are over, she is to bring to the priest at the entrance to the tent of meeting a year-old lamb for the burnt offering and a young pigeon or a dove for a sin offering. Okay, so all of that being said, I know that sounds a little laborious. Basically, 40 days, right? The seven days, right? And then the 33 days for purification. And so we know that this was day 40. Jesus was 40 days old. It's interesting to me, Kathy, that number 40. For, I, you know, I think 40, that number comes up a lot in, not, in, in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And so 40 days, um, you know, we might want to compare Mary's 40 days of waiting to dedicate Jesus, um, where she continued to treasure up all the events surrounding mm-hmm. the birth of of her son and she pondered them in her heart. Scripture tells us that um, we might want to compare that with Jesus's 40 days of testing in the wilderness where he was preparing his heart. He was um, treasuring up all the things he knew that were going to happen over the next three years mm-hmm. um, as he began his earthly ministry. I mean, um, he was tested those 40 days and in fact, for Jesus himself, this time right after his birth was 40 initial days of waiting. Um, so we see two periods of waiting, uh, one for Jesus as a baby and then one in the wilderness. So, okay, so that kind of sets our, our, I guess, our scene, right? Mm-hmm. 40 days they take Jesus to the temple. So Luke's first descriptor about Anna is prophet. This is a huge honor since she's the only female prophet mentioned in the New Testament. I, You know, I, I've got to put a little caveat in there. Mm-hmm. There is another female prophet mentioned in the book of Revelation. And I cannot pronounce her name. It's T-Y something, and I didn't write it down. But apparently, her teachings were pretty good, um, but she was reprimanded for the way she went about it because she did have some evil things that she was um, allowing to happen amongst in her midst. And so there's a lot of debate about Mm -hmm. whether she was a true prophet or not. Um, But we know that Anna was, Mm -hmm. Uh, but there is one other person mentioned and she's in the book of revelation. If you want to go and look her up. Um, So then the next thing that is described here, Kathy, is her lineage, mm-hmm. okay? It tells us who her father is, and then it tells us that she's of of the tribe of Asher. Why is this important, do you think, Kath? The tribe. Well, okay, the, the tribe. Well, yeah. I mean, it establishes, we get to see different um, key characters where God establishes their lineage. Yeah. He does the same for Mary. He does the same for Jesus. And he shows, I mm-hmm. I believe that God is working things according to a plan. There isn't just this woman that all of a sudden, okay, she has shown up. But God has, according to his plan, worked through this to fulfill prophecy, to prepare the person. And, um, you know, in the New Testament, they don't really mention, oh, oh, you know, in the Old Testament, you go through and it's like the son of, the son of, the son of, yeah. right? And, um in the New Testament, obviously, Jesus's lineage is from the house of David um, and the tribe of the Judah. The tribe of Judah. Right. And then he mentions um, Saul of Benjamin. Uh, Barnabas was a Levite. Um, so it's important that we know that Anna comes from this tribe of Asher and who her father is. And so, you know, I, I'd like to do a little more research on why her father is mentioned, Penuel, P-E-N-U-E-L, because maybe that's important. Maybe that's something we need to know. I don't know what Penuel did. Um, so, it, but Luke gives that, and he's very uh, thorough about it. So... We've got some information regarding Anna. The next thing he mentioned is her advanced age. That's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, uh, okay, she's a prophet. Here's her lineage. And now here's her. She's old. Mm -hmm. She's old. And there's some debate on how old she is. Her widowhood has either lasted 84 years or she is 84 years Mm -hmm. old. If her widowhood has lasted 84 years, then she's actually 105. Either way, 
right? She's she's advanced in age. And I find it very interesting that the theme of age and miracles is so prevalent in the birth of Jesus. Every single prayer person that has been praying that we've looked at, Zechariah, the shepherds, Simeon, the um they, they they there was some miracle involved and age is definitely mentioned. Mary, Mary's super young. Um, in our time, that's what I right? think is so interesting. You look at, I mean, if you're if you're in the temple grounds, just looking at this picture, you see this very elderly uh, woman, Anna, either 84 or 105 years old, and then you see this very young mm-hmm. girl, Mary, who was 15, 16 years old, mm-hmm. and I just love that God not only uses us at every point in our lives, but he uses us throughout our lives. And so we can never say, I'm too young, I'm too old, oh, I'm middle-aged and not enough experience or whatever. Mm -hmm. Friends, I will tell you, if you are waiting for something in order to go and step forward in the plans that God has for you, then you need to just get up and go. Right, right, Yeah. yeah. Um, we don't have to always wait, right? That's exactly right. Um, God can use us at any time. E- you know, something else I find super interesting, again, friends, three verses. This is only three verses. Uh, let's go back to the tribe of Asher thing. Back in Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 25, Moses, also a prophet, he prophesies about the tribe of Asher. And what he says about the tribe of Asher, which was Anna's tribe, is that your strength will equal your days. Mm. So, you know, she's old and she's strong. She's strong. She is strong. And it shows us that her lifestyle was due to that. I mean, the scripture tells us in verse 37 that she never leaves the temple, right? It says, and then there was a widow and she never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Well, and one of the things that was was at the temple that wasn't uh, readily accessible were all of those um, scrolls of the the Old Testament. Uh-huh. And so usually women would not have access to those scrolls. But being at the temple, at the very least, Anna would have been in a position to um, engage in the conversations around those scrolls and to listen to those scrolls being read because those scrolls were always, you know, the word of God being read. And Mm. I think when you are continuing to feed your mind with God's word and think on it, um, meditate on it, worship through it. I mean, I just think it does something to strengthen your mind. And I love that she says that it was, she was fasting. And so I just, I looked this up super fast because Genesis in Genesis 49:20 Moses gives this blessing to the tribe of Asher mm. and um it says Asher's food will be rich he will provide delicacies fit for a king what and um what? how cool is that so she comes from a background a tribe where apparently they liked food and they liked rich food. They were going to be blessed with rich food, and yet she put something else in front of that. And I think that when God blesses us with rich things, do we allow that to distract from our service to God? You know, I think that sometimes it can be said that America has become so prosperous that we Mm -hmm. have abandoned our first love. And mm-hmm. so I would just say, friends, you know, in 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 blessing, let's not let's not abandon the God of of our heart, the God of our salvation, the God who has given us that blessing in the first place. And I love the second thing it says that um, that the, from the tribe of Asher, they will produce food fit for a king. And I think like even King David, he compares the words that are spoken to being, you know, sweet, like even the honeycomb. Oh, he compares yeah. God's word to to food, if you will, mm-hmm. the, you know, food, the honeycomb. And I just imagine that as the prophetess Anna is going and speaking out these words about Christ to all who will listen, it's like she is 
these delicacies are coming off of her lips that are fit for a king, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're about a king. And so I just love the way Mm. that God fulfills his word in every aspect, in every little, you know, dot and what do they call it? Dot and and tittle. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't heard that expression in a while, but that's exactly right. You know, it makes me think, Kathy, as we see this old woman, okay, she fasts. It says she never leaves the temple. She worships day and night, fasting and praying, yet her lifestyle evidently invigorates her. Mm-hmm. She's mobile. She's articulate. She's alert. She's spiritually savvy. Um, and so, Kathy, my question to you and to me and friends to you is how do our lifestyle choices impact our ability to experience the fullness of our Savior? You know, wow, um, that's a big question. That's a big question, right? I think about my daily habits and I think about, okay, you know, the dog wakes me up pretty early, wanting to go out and, and eat pretty early. What do I use? What do I do with that time? I'm awake, mm-hmm. okay? Do how do do I use that time wisely? Mm-hmm. Do I get on my phone before everybody else wakes up, or do I decide to work out? Mm-hmm. Do I um, get in the scripture? How, how do I use my time? And I have to say, it's diff- it's a little bit different each day. I wish I had a more set routine. Um, but you know, some days I I get in the Word and I I, I pray before everybody gets up, and I got to tell you, those are the best days. Mm-hmm. Um, some days I get in a quick workout before everybody gets up, everybody else gets up. Some days I lay back down on the couch and I do nothing. I think it's okay to have some of those days. (laughs) (laughs) I relish some of those days on occasion. On occasion. Um, but that question's pretty loaded though, right, Kathy? What, how do our lifestyle choices impact our ability to experience the fullness of our Savior? Are we doing things that are inhibiting the the fullness of our relationship with our Savior. You know, I think that there's one thing to give God our yes. You know, when we say, you know, yes, Lord, um, you are my Lord. Yes, Lord, I want to serve you. And there's something that God is asking us to do. And we say yes. Well, he tells this parable of the two sons. And he says, mm-hmm. you know, there were these two sons. And the father asked the first son to go and do something. And the first son said, okay, yes, I'll go and do it. And then he didn't do it. He just sat and did nothing. The second son, the father said, son, will you go and do this? And the second son said, no, no. not going to go do that. But then he got up and went and did it. And so I think what we do has got to match what the decisions that we make. Um, Mm -hmm. I, you know, Carrie, I do this little devotional thing for these little eighth graders. And one of the questions I, I tell them, I said, look, there were three little birds sitting on a wire. One of them decided to fly away. How many birds are on the wire? And everyone says, of course, two. And I said, no, there's three because one decided to fly away, but it's that that little bird still has to fly away. It has to get up and start flapping the wings. It has to jump Mm -hmm. off of that wire. It has to, you know, be like, I'm going to go somewhere. And so, you know, friends, it does matter what we do with our time Mm -hmm. um, has got to match our commitment, the yes that we made. You know, I Mm -hmm. love that in marriage, you know, in order to say yes, you say, I do. I do. (laughs) (laughs) It's an action word. It is an action word. Mm -hmm. And our our yes needs to be that action yes. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I love how uh, Anna just spends her time in worship. She spends her time in fasting, which takes a lot of Um, self-control. Fasting is, is a challenging thing. And it also keeps her mind really, really keen. And I think it also puts her in a place where when it's time to rest, she rests. A friend of mine told me, she said, you know, Kathy, if you're not getting enough rest, your body at night produces a fat burning enzyme. And if you're not getting enough rest, (laughs) you're not burning the fat that you're supposed to be burning. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's my problem. (laughs) You're like, "Um, ladies, uh, girls and Eric, I have to go to bed an hour earlier tonight. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Uh, Yeah, it's very true. But it, it does cause us to pause. You know, we can have healthy habits, right, Kath? And we can have destruction habits. And, you know, if we're really honest with ourselves, what are those destructive habits that are really keeping us from a full relationship with Christ? Are we 
are we wasting valuable time during the day that we could be spending with the Lord? Mm-hmm. You know, um, are we picking up our phones whenever we could be using that time to spend with the Lord? Now, there's a time and a place for picking up your phone. I'm not saying don't do that. What I'm what I'm saying is we have to carve out time to be with the Father. And if we don't carve it out, we will constantly find ways to fill it. Mm-hmm. And so looking at our, our structure of habits, I think, is is something to to be mindful of. So Luke indicates, obviously, okay, that, that Anna was here. She was worshiping. She was praying and fasting, which represents a routine. Kathy, probably mm-hmm. one of decades. This woman was widowed her whole life. Yeah. I mean, she was only married for seven years, and she's very old. Um, and so her routine was probably one of decades. And I can't help but think about Miss Evelyn when I read this passage and her routine of her and Evel- of her and Van starting with A in the alphabet and pray. And some days they start l- lower because, you know, maybe they start with J one day <laughs> and they pray for people by name as they go through the alphabet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's a routine that they've done for decades, mm-hmm. right? So ev- evidently, you know, she resides here on the temple premises. A precedent in earlier centuries could have been the presence of musicians and heads of families who stayed at the temple and were kind of exempt from other duties, and they were responsible for the work of the temple day and night. Um, we find that in First Chronicles. So perhaps this behavior was not super unusual, but probably more unusual for a female, I would think. Um, But the habits of worship, prayer, and fasting allow Anna to recognize her Savior when he enters the temple grounds. Now, Kathy, I know you and your family have recently been fasting. Um, Was it you or was it the girls? Was it you and Eric? Tell us about this experience and why you guys were doing this. You know, it was Eric and I, and it's something that I've always been horrible at and always dreaded but I've always had girlfriends that have done it and they just tell me how incredible it is and um, you know because my my blood sugar just will go crazy sometimes I had to get my blood sugar under control before I could fast sure yeah, yeah, yeah meant that I had to get off of my like sugar and processed flour addiction and get more <laughs> proteins and have my body just um, you know get my blood sugar used to my blood sugar being more level and then um you know, Eric and I just decided to do it from a, a spiritual standpoint, from a health standpoint. And I think so many times our spiritual health is tied to our physical health. Sure. It is tied to our mental health. And um, so we just, but now we didn't start to do it for, you know, like 40 days. We we're just sure. like, you know what? We're going to start it for three days. We're just going to do three days. And, you know, during that time, we drank plenty of water and liquids. And we got to a point where, you know, we could, you know, function. And and it was it was just more of, gosh, people say that this is the right thing to do. I've read the literature. I've gone through and I've read the Bible and all the times that people are called to, to fast. And I thought, okay, I just wanted to see what the Lord would do with it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I learned it's also how you come off of the fast that really matters. Like if you are fasting and set us, setting aside this time with the Lord, and I found it really helped me with when meditation because mm-hmm. I needed something to think about because mm-hmm. my body was wanting me to think about food. And mm-hmm. so there had to be more important things. And that was the one thing that I learned is that, you know, God's word is nourishment for us. And, and we can, when we think about God's word and meditate on it, it just, God reveals, like scripture just kind of opens up like this mm-hmm. flower in the spring. It was just so amazing. Um, but then after that three days is over, you can't go and, you know, gorge yourself on a hamburger because your body is not ready for that. And I think that when, it's, you know, the same thing when we get into this, um, this lifestyle, this spiritual, um, spiritual time with the Lord, you can't come out of that and throw yourself into the world because it mm. will just get you sick. You have to continue 
to really um, prioritize what God has for you and focus on his word as you step out into um, the day that he has for you. And so, friends, we're going to talk about stepping Mm -hmm. out into the day that God has for you. It is Christmas Day. It is a celebration. And God is throwing a party. And we're going to learn about that party that you're going to want to RSVP to. We're going to learn about that in our last segment with Anna the Prophetess. Stay with us on Love Talk. We'll be right back with you after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkater, and I'm in studio with my beautiful co-host, Kathy Enderbrock, and Merry, Merry Christmas Merry Christmas, friends. Wow, what a beautiful day. And today we are talking about Anna, the prophetess we find here in Luke 2, in the account that Luke gives of um Everything that happens leading up to Jesus' birth, his birth, and then this occurrence 40 days after his birth where Mary and Joseph take baby Jesus to the temple um, for uh, for a ceremony. And I can just, Kathy, I, I'm, I'm trying to picture, I wish I had, you know, just kind of like a schematic of what the temple grounds kind of looked like. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how big it was. And all these questions are coming to me now as we're doing radio, right? <laughs> um, but, um, you know, did Jesus walk in and, and his parents walk in one gate and Anna was at another gate? Um, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I just have so many questions. But the the scripture is very clear. It says, coming up to them at that very moment, and they're talking about Anna, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So she recognized Jesus right away, right away. And I, I'm like, well, how did she know? Well, she'd been fasting and praying and, and listening for the Father's voice. And studying scripture. And studying, I mean, obviously, yeah. listening to all of the of the scrolls that had been read, listening to all of the scripture and the stories, and, you know, possibly even hearing the, the different uh, teachers of the day debating scripture and, um, you know, just walking through the scrolls. And, you know, and I think it says very clearly that she was a prophetess. Yeah. And, and in that key verse that you used, Carrie, for today's program, it says, Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plans to the servants, the, pro- the to his servants, the prophets. Mm-hmm. And so we can see that God has revealed this to her and the Holy Spirit has revealed this to her. And, you know, I, I remember there was this time I was in China and I had our these CDs that we had just made, the Let's Pray Today Ministry CDs. And I knew that I was supposed to take them to a bookstore to, to, to give them to a Chinese bookstore for them to be able to use, to duplicate, to help um, just women learn how, how to pray. You knew? I like just, you just knew you just because it. I just felt it. I just okay. felt it. And the way that I was even able to go to China, Eric was doing this. Eric had done tons of trips to China, but he's like, hey, why don't you come with me to China? And I thought, well, we have to get someone to take care of the kids and everything lined up. And then when we were going, we we're trying to get tickets together. We couldn't get tickets together. And then at the last minute, God organized all of our tickets for points, like for points. So I didn't even have to pay for what? my ticket and then we got upgraded to first class so we got like this first class trip to china cost us nothing i mean obviously dell paid for eric's ticket and then i find myself in jamin it's mainland china nothing in english i couldn't you know i asked the front desk is there a christian bookstore is there a bookstore no nothing nothing in the area i'm like okay i have no idea what i'm doing and so i had these four cds with me And I just like, okay, Lord, I'm going to start walking like I have no idea what I'm doing. And I start walking and and um, then I asked a couple people along the way that no idea what I was saying. And I just kept walking and I would turn. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to turn here. Okay, I'm going to look here. Okay, there's a college here. It looks like a college campus. Maybe there's a bookstore near a college campus. And um, I just kept walking and I finally I'm like, okay, Lord, I literally have been walking for three hours. Like I, I, I don't know. I'm like, I must have heard wrong. You know, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. 
And this person walked up to me and he says, can I help you? I'm like, oh, my gosh, English. I said, I am looking for a Christian bookstore. And I said, I just know I'm supposed to go to a Christian bookstore. He goes, you're standing right in front of one. And I'm like, what? And so I turn around and he says, it's right there. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I walk into this Christian bookstore. I talk to the store owner. She speaks some broken English. I give her these. She, you know, thanks me for them. And she's like, we will listen to these. I say, make copies, whatever you want. These just teach people how to pray, but they are in English. And um, that was it. Kathy, I've never heard you tell that story before. You haven't? Okay. No. Oh, my. I got goosebumps when you said it's right there. Yeah, it's right behind you. And now the hard thing was I had to figure out how to get back. I was going to say, you've been walking for three hours. I've been walking for three hours, and then I had to figure out how to get back. And I'm like, okay, Lord, you got me here. I need to get back. And then I thought, you know what? This is easy. I just take a taxi back because I have a little card from the hotel in my mm. pocket, and I could just show them the card from the hotel. Mm-hmm. So now, when you turned around, was the man still there? Was he? Did you ever see the man again? Did that you is so ever... funny. You know, I was so excited to see the bookstore. I thanked him, and I walked into the bookstore. So I never, yeah, I didn't talk to him or anything like that. Asking for a Christian bookstore in China is I, dangerous I in and of itself. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Kathy, that. OK. So, friends, how do we recognize Jesus? Right. I mm-hmm. mean, Kathy, you said you just knew it deep down that this was what you were supposed to do. Like, OK, Lord, I don't know. I I really feel like this is what you're telling me to do. And so you did it. And you have no idea how that turned out, but that's mm-hmm. the way God works sometimes. Well, right? And I figured, you know what, if I come home and I never found a Christian bookstore, I'll be like, huh, OK, I was wrong. Sure. But if you, you know, I think when the Lord just puts that impression on you, go go and do it and see what he will do with it, friends. And and I just think Anna was willing to put that one front in one foot mm-hmm. in front of the other and see what God would do. And we get to kind of expect the unexpected sometimes. Sure. Sure. You know, it makes me it makes me just think, you know, when we're Anna had a lifestyle, right? She had a, a lifestyle of praying and fasting, one where and this took decades, Kathy, where she had to wait for the Savior to be brought mm-hmm. into the temple grounds, mm-hmm. you know. And I wonder, did she know that that's what she was ultimately waiting for? Um, I'm sure there were many things over the years because mm-hmm. she was already a prophet. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure there were many things over the years that she was able to have discernment from the Lord about many things. But this was probably the biggest thing. Um, I mean, the redemption of Israel, truly, that was the biggest thing that everyone was waiting for the Messiah. They were waiting for the Savior. They were waiting for their rescuer. I mean, they were under Roman rule at this point. They didn't have their own state. They didn't have their own government. They didn't have a a king or a ruler in position. They were they were waiting for the redemption, for the salvation that God had promised. And it makes me think that next year we should do a series on waiting. I like it. You know, how many people were waiting are waiting and we see it over and over and over again in scripture Mm -hmm. and the waiting always has a purpose it's never just because i need you to sit there Mm -hmm. it's always has a purpose friends i pray that whatever your daily habits are that they are habits that are pointing you to see the savior Mm -hmm. what are some daily habits that you have that are allowing you to see the Savior. Anna had daily habits that allowed her to immediately recognize the baby Jesus as the Savior and the Redeemer of all people. What are we doing each day? Friends, if you are waiting for that peace that surpasses all understanding, if you are waiting for that rescuer, if you are waiting for the Savior, the good news of Christmas Day is that he has come. He is here. God is with us. And I tell you, the Lord of hosts is throwing the best Christmas party ever. And he has sent out those heavenly invitations. And the good news is that everyone is invited. It's not only for the beautiful people of the world. It is for all the people of the world. 
all of the sinners, all of the saints, everyone is invited, but we have to RSVP. Seats will only be held for those who RSVP. R, we have to receive and respond to the invitation. We need to acknowledge that in Jesus Christ, we have received and we accept his personal invitation that he has sent out to us. S, we acknowledge that we are a sinner unworthy of that invitation and that we are in need of that Savior. And V, we, friends, just choose the victory Christ purchased for us with his life on the cross. He has paid the, senil- the, the, the penalty of sin. He, is, he has paid that penalty of death. And he has risen on the third day so that we would also live in victory with him. And P, for that RSVP, we can proclaim Christ's lordship over our life, mm-hmm. that we are his. We proclaim that we are no longer children of darkness, that we no longer take part in those other temptations and and invitations and priorities of the enemy, but we accept his invitation only. We proclaim that we are now children of hope and light and followers of the and disciples of Jesus Christ. So friends, have you responded the invitation? Can can you receive can you see that you have received that invitation that you are holding? Um and friends, if you have received that invitation, if you have RSVP'd Is there someone you know who has not? Mm. Friends, help them to see that invitation that they are holding Mm -hmm. in their hands this Christmas morning. Mm -hmm. Encourage them to RSVP as well. Friends, it's been a wonderful Christmas morning. We have loved being with you. Come visit us if you're on Facebook today at Love Talk Radio and drop us a Christmas morning hello. You can call us on the love line at 512-644-644. 7972. Friends, it would be our delight to send you a Bible. And if you'd like to go and, and hear our past Christmas shows, go to lovetalknetwork.com. We love you. Merry Christmas, friends, from Coach Carrie Brinkater, myself, Kathy Endebrock, and of course, our, love, our lovely First Lady of Love sends her Christmas greetings to you this beautiful Christmas morning. We'll be with you next friend next weekend friends for the first day of the new year here on